Welcome back to the Game People podcast. My name's Paul Govan and I look after the Family Gamer section. I'm joined today by John Seddon and Adam Standing and we're going to be looking at Nia. Come and join the gang of reviewing artisans See it from every angle I'm sure you've read Adam's soulful review and John's dress-up review and we'll also be bringing in some of Amber's microcosm opinions. So I've got with me today a couple of reviewers from the site who've, who've looked at Nia for us um, and let's get them introduced themselves. Adam. I write the Soulful Gamer column for game people um, and my perspective on games is really figuring out what makes them tick, you know, what kind of underlying themes they might have, you know, like what kind of emotional impact they might have on me. Um, I tend to try and ignore sort of the usual kind of gameplay reviews, um, focusing on graphic sound, um, and just try and step back, figure out what kind of deep meaning that the game might have or might not have. Great. Cheers, Adam. And uh, John, why don't you tell us a bit about your dress-up gamer reviews? Uh, John Seddon. I try and put myself within the characters within games, and I, I try and understand how that makes me feel, or try and understand how they feel doing what they're doing. It's called dress-up gamer, but it's it's really about the, the role you play within the game. I like to focus on those where it's a strong story and strong characters. Great, that sounds good. Um, so, we're looking at Nier today, but before we get into our discussions about the game, um, let's start by uh, giving people an idea of what they might experience. The basic thing is it's an action role-playing game. Uh, it means you're controlling a character from a third-person's perspective. And you go through the game taking on quests, um, fighting monsters, um, in a variety of different levels. Um, and at the end of the level, there's usually a, a big enemy to fight. And the thing that makes Nier stand out from other similar games, um, I think I suppose the closest one might be God of War as a, as a similar type of title, um, is the variety you have in, in what you do. Um, there's lots of different ways that you attack enemies and there's lots of different ways the game presents uh, the passages of play, um, like switching perspectives from a third person to a top-down or a side-on view. Reading some of the reviews, I thought I was thinking it was quite a sort of a role play game, but it sounds perhaps it, it's more towards a sort of a brawler or a fighting game. I think that um, it's, it's one of those games where uh, it doesn't make it clear what sort of game it is um, unless you've read the box um, until you're well into the game because you certainly start and you think you're playing a God of War type of game. And then you think maybe you're playing a role-playing game, and, and then you think you're playing a different sort of game. And, and it does that all the way through it. Um, it's all joined together by a, as Adam says, a sort of third-person uh, fighting mechanic. And, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what takes you through the game, but that's certainly not you know, the, the part about the game that makes it unique. Yeah. If you've got the box, what does it say on the front? I've got it right here. At the back of the box, it's... Uh... Sort of says nothing is as it seems, which I think is actually a pretty good description of uh, the game as a whole. So it defies a real concrete description about it. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's that's a great moment for us to open our discussions. But um, 
Before we do, let's have a little musical break. Come and join the gang, reviewing arches and see it from every angle. We're anecdotal, hardcore casual, personal, find someone just like you, a game, game people. So you've probably not got much more of an idea exactly what near is from our, our potted description, um, but we're hopefully clear that up as we go along. Now something which I know stood out in the game for both of you was um, the atmosphere. Was it different to other games or um, it, is near sort of picking up on a general theme? It takes place sort of in a post-apocalyptic kind of world, which for me is kind of, that's quite a cliche that games sort of set their worlds in. But rather than it sort of being the blasted landscape of something like Fallout 3, which is you know, set in Washington after a nuclear war, um, it, this, is, this game is set you know, over a thousand years in the future. Um, so you have quite a pastoral landscape um, and a variety of different sort of climates as well. Um, you have a coastal town, um, you have a desert town as well. Um, but you also have sort of remnants of, of Earth as it was when it was, you know, a civilized structure. Um, you have, you know, broken bridges here and there. You have ruins jutting up out of the landscape. It has a very kind of pastoral look, but beneath that, there's a real sort of sense of melancholy and, you know, a real quite a subtle feeling of decay and, like the the last days of humanity are are being played out in this game. How does that work for you, John? I mean, it does something very strange at the start because it it certainly begins um, in a traditional post-apocalyptic sort of nuclear winter type of thing, and very quickly then it, it does it transfers you to this thousand years later where you get this sort of post-post-apocalyptic world with with meadows and flowers, but somehow despite the fact that you've got I suppose something that looks typically Japanese role-playing game in terms of, you know, um, bright open spaces, it still manages to capture that um, melancholic feel. Even amongst all of the beauty, you can still see uh, the broken bridges and the, the destroyed machinery and, and you know, some, somehow it sort of just encapsulates, you know, that feeling and it takes that feeling throughout the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And how does, does that extend to the characters, um, the people living in that space? Do they show signs of this past civilization? Nia himself, he's probably sort of the focus of that melancholy himself in, in as much as I think he's sort of, I don't know, he doesn't have a bright outlook on life, um, which I guess he wouldn't because his, his role within the game is to save his daughter from, a, from an illness that's a you know, about to kill her. So, but then the other characters that you meet within the game, the, the main characters, you know, I guess they reinforce that with their kind of the world's gone bad kind of, you know, vibe that they give you throughout it. You go on various quests. Um, you start off in a village and you go through this village and just kind of the ambient dialogue that you have between these other characters is, in the beginning, it's sort of semi-positive is that they're trying to make the best of a really bad situation Um, and you go to other sort of towns or settlements and some of them some of them are quite dark and decayed and 
not particularly full of hope. Um, and then as the game progresses and things get bleaker, um, the attitude that you come across from other characters gets worse and worse. Um, and that seems to all kind of come back on the character that you play. And visually, as you go through the game, his features get more and more craggy. They get, you know, he gets beaten. He gets, he has eye patches on, and it's a real visual kind of reminder that just as the world is falling apart, you know, this character is slowly unraveling as well. And how does that feel? Is it? It sounds. I mean, it sounds very harrowing and desolate. Um, I know. I know, Adam, that you've been reading. The road. I mean, it, this this setting for me evokes that sort of um, a, a world that is now essentially broken um, that you have in that novel. It, was there? Well, I haven't finished the road yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking the same thing as I was reading the book. I think you know, I could see, I could visualise the road taking place before this game does, mm-hmm. uh, and the sort of. You know, in that book, there is a father-son relationship, and in this game, there's a father-daughter relationship. Mm. Um, and in both instances, the father character will do anything, will do you know absolutely anything to save their offspring and to preserve their life. Mm. Um, but as bleak as well, you know, as bleak as I'm making all that sound, it has a huge amount of humour and wit in it. Um, and that comes in a variety of forms, but most of all from the magic book that you discover, you know, at the early point in the game. And I know, John, that you've you found that it's quite entertaining and lighting the mood as well. Yeah, I mean, gen- genuinely funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that sort of the book sort of acts as a bit of a narrator to to the events, and it just sort of takes you takes you through that journey, and it and it's your it's it's the game's way of kind of explaining what's what's going on but in a in a very sort of you know sarcastic way so um, whatever you're doing the book will sort of poke fun at you or your situation or who you're with Um, and I I just found it it just gave something to the game that you know otherwise it it wouldn't have had it. From what you're saying there it sounds like it gives you a way into the story. So, what can be quite a sort of a hard to penetrate um, tale, particularly in video games, when a lot of it can be stilted. You put a character like Weiss in there, um, who's who's in there making fun of all the sort of ham-fisted stuff, and suddenly it's much easier to get into a role, I imagine. It even starts then making fun of the game structure, making it clear that he knows that this is just a game. Well, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of um, Amber's review that we've got on the site, because um, for her. She found the whole story of Nia and his determination to save his daughter at the cost of everything um, almost a bit unsettling. It felt like to his own sort of personal loss of identity, he almost became a non-character in his pursuit of saving his daughter. And she was suggesting in her review that surely a parent, if they're going to carry on in that role, needs to keep hold of who they are as a person. Did you have a similar experience? Well, I think I would, I would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the situation that Nier is in in this game is that his daughter's been infected with something called a black scroll, which is, is the reason humanity has been all but wiped out. Um, and in the story, it's, it's a fatal illness that has no cure. But you know, rather than give up, Nier decides to pursue a cure 
which is where he meets Grimoire Vice. As the, as the story goes on and things happen to both, you know, Nier and his daughter and all the other characters, his determination to to save her um, is the driving force behind the game. But rather than it being a problem in terms of destroying Nier's own character, I think if you you know, if you put yourself in that situation where humanity is on the brink of extinction um, and you have a young daughter or a young son, um, you know that's that's the uh, that's the future there. What's left of it? So obviously you're going to do everything you can to protect that. If that means sacrificing your your own character um, or yourself, then I think you do that. Which obviously has echoes again of um, McCormack Carthy's The Road where um, the father is very sort of sacrificial in his care of his son. No, oh, definitely. I mean, it's not like it's... I think the game has a huge amount of wit and humour to it, but over that issue of the father-daughter relationship, it's, it's deadly serious. Um, I think it benefits from that because it's got the levity of, of other characters to, to fall back on. Um, I never felt that he compromised himself. I never felt that the way he dealt with situations went against, I guess, who you felt he was. I mean, he... Those are both really good points. I guess I'm enjoying here in this discussion, and, and in Amber's point as well, is that um, Nia seems to have a sort of a playful looseness in how it's telling the story. So you are able, as the player, to sort of pick out bits of the story and actually then think, well, how does this apply um, to my life. Um, what is that saying in terms of wider themes about parents? Um, I think it, it does that because it has this playful nature um, and it allows the player to sort of um, make of the game what they will. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that playful nature comes with the comes with the banter in between the characters. Uh, I think for me, I mean, each of the characters that you have in the game that are main characters are, you know, completely they're fascinating and entertaining. Um, the relationship between Nier and, and the book um, is bizarrely, for me, completely convincing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when they when they first meet, Grimoire Vice is an arrogant, kind of snooty British Alan Rickman, Sheriff of Nottingham character, really. And you think, well, I thought to myself, well, is he going to be a likeable character or not? Um, and he turns out to be a really funny, witty character. Um, and what they do when they have a character that's like that, that's genuinely funny, is that when stuff hits the fan and a character like that starts to say serious things, it makes you stop and go, oh, right, okay, this is a serious part of the game. I have to pay attention now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so there's, there's lots of points there about characters and, and the, the atmosphere. Um, a big part of Nia is the large variety of playstyles. Um, how does that lock into those other elements? I just love I love games where all of a sudden you are playing a different style of game than you expect, and Nier does that throughout. So, you know, it made me think of so many other types of game when I was playing it. So, you know, was I playing a bullet hell shooter? Was I playing a Prince of Persia side-scrolling platformer? Was I playing a top-down role-playing game? Um, and, and, and even, you know, at one point, you're actually playing a text adventure. And it's not only that it does these things, but it does these things really well. Even visiting some of the same locations again, suddenly it presents it in a completely different way. 
and so it feels you know fresh the one that stands out the most is that text adventure part and that's there's a there's a place in the game called forest of myth um and you go there twice in the game um, but each time it's a slightly different sort of twist on a text adventure i know that probably sounds really boring to a lot of people but it really works well and and this is the point where grimoire voice the book actually breaks the fourth wall and starts to bitch about the narration that the game is actually giving him. You know, certain parts of the game just make a lot more sense to people of a certain age, or people of my age, uh, you know, particularly you know, the text adventure. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where I remember playing them, and, and when I came across it within the game, it's just like, you know, it's just a tiny little element of joy within it that they've actually done it, they've been brave enough to do it. Well, definitely. I think this game is, it would appeal to a much more mature audience because of its subject matter. Um, in terms of how the game sits amongst other games, that it was an interesting development in its own right and that Caviar um, felt able um, to be so sort of eclectic with their approach. Certainly, uh, you know, the Japanese role-playing game has is, is, is almost sort of boxed itself into a corner um, and, and that's sort of shown you know, hugely this generation where even even the games that normally push that genre forward, like the Final Fantasies, have, have been released and you know almost done nothing new apart from you know bigger, brighter graphics. Um, and this is something that's sort of like trying to do something very different with you know that same some of those same ideas. Um, and I just don't know how sort of successful you know that's going to be because the game didn't sell. Hugely, I think it sold quite well in Japan, but it didn't sell hugely over here. And so, whether other developers are going to be brave enough to try and break some of those tropes that we're used to, um, I, I just don't know. I think the fact that it probably hasn't sold very well in the West means that, you know, I don't think we're going to get a sequel and I don't think there's going to be anything like it again. Although, I think it represents something sort of grander in terms of the cycle of how we consume our media. I'm sort of reminded of the way sort of comedy sitcoms develop. So you have a, have a show like Cheers that is very, very popular and you know, runs for many seasons, um, but then um, becomes old and tired. And rather than just carrying on, you know, re- renaming it or bringing out, you know, Cheers 2 or something, you get a, the uprising of a, a fresh sort of format and you have something like Friends. And with Nia, I was reminded more recently of um, Scrubs in particular, the way that it sort of, and there's a sort of grab bag of different formats. Um, and it's, it's in some ways quite rigid, the way that each show is the same every week. You know what you're going to get. Um, but it does that rigidity with a sort of a knowing wink. Um, and so you sort of are all in on the fact that it's, that it's not just doing the same again because there's a, there's a sort of a self-aware element to how that programme's been set up. So I guess I'm, I'm wondering, as video games sort of mature, whether we'll see more the changing of the guard rather than just the sort of the, the sequels of all these big franchises? I guess I just hope that uh, you know, some of these things sort of do make a difference in, in terms of the, the games particularly that come out of Japan. There's obviously a lot in there and a lot of unusual facets and unusual gameplay. But once you'd finished it, once you'd got through the game as a whole, what did it leave you with? How did you feel? It's an interesting game to look back on and, and think, you know, what did I what did I get from it? Because it's so varied in, in what it does with its core gameplay. It's almost a tearjerker, not quite. But it gets to the point where 
characters make sacrifices or they suffer really bad things happening to them. And at the end, the circle of the game, it's consistent, but you know, you don't save the world at the end of the day. And it's a kind of grown up, mature conclusion to a game. And rather than coming away, you know, really depressed about it, it's nice to get a mature story with a, you know, a mature ending. It's weird because it's one of those games where I, I finished it and I thought, well, that's that done. And I even, you know, got rid of the game. I don't actually own it anymore. After a little while, I started thinking about it again. And, it, and I think it left sort of like a longer impression on me than I thought. There's a lot more to it than you might initially think as you, as you work your way through it. Yeah, I know that, you know, some of those things you said there have resonated with Amber, um, particularly in how she ended her review. Um, she, was, she was impressed with the fact that it was, you know, a, a grown-up story and that there was some genuine interest in the characters that you interact with. Um, and for her, she was saying that um, a single play wasn't enough and that, in fact, she's going to go back and sort of put it under the microscope again. Actually, I think I'm probably the next game I'm going to play is going to be near. Having talked it through with you guys, it sounds sounds such a, um, in some ways peculiar, but also sort of beguiling experience that I'm I'm keen to go and try it for myself. So that's us out of time today. So it just is left for me to thank you guys for joining me, and to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at game underscore people. You can like us on Facebook at www facebook.com forward slash game people and perhaps most importantly come and read our reviews at our website which is www.gamepeople.co.uk we shall be back for you soon bye bye